0: The previous Mishnah listed a number of different documents which would be permitted to be written on Cholamoyed because they come under the category of one of the reasons to permit doing any form of work on Cholamoyed. For example, Dover HaOved, if it would be something that he would lose out a lot by not writing it, or if it's a Tzarech HaMoyed for the sake of the Yomtev. Another reason would also be the permissibility of that he hasn't got anything to eat for Yom Tov. If, for example, a particular scribe whose job it is to write documents, he hasn't got enough food to buy for Yom Tov. He hasn't got enough money to buy food for Yom Tov. So one is allowed to write a document to get him to write a document and pay him to do so, since that's also in some way considered to be the For the scribe, it is for the sake of Yomtev. Be as it may, this Misha tells us that it is forbidden to write a shtar a document which records a loan, That somebody borrowed money from somebody else. It's forbidden to write that on Cholomoyed. We're talking about a regular case where they trust each other. And therefore they could just write it after Cholomoyed. However, if he does not trust him... The lender does not trust the borrower to take money without writing a document about it. Or the scribe who writes the document has nothing to eat for yomtev. So in order to support him and give him the money and the ability to have a good yomtev, so they can get the scribe to write such a document. It is forbidden to write a Sefer or the parishes of Tefillin and Mezuzah unless it is necessary for the sake of Yom Tov. If, let's say, there's only one safe Torah available, so then they would need, they would be able to correct that, since it is the Tzorech HaMoyed. But otherwise, it's forbidden, and it's forbidden even to correct one letter in the safe Torah. Even in the sefer Torah used in the base HaMikdash, this is referring to the safe Torah which the Kohen Godol would read from on Yom Kippur, so although this comes under the category of tsorche rabim it's a need for the public. It's part of the service in the Beis hamikdash. Nevertheless, since it is not the tsorche hamoyed, it's not for the sake of yom It's only used on yom kippur, and therefore it cannot be corrected on cholamoyed. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, It is permitted for somebody to write to fill in for himself. He can't do it for business purposes. But he is permitted to write it for himself, even if he does not need it on Yom Tov, since this can be done relatively quickly, and it can be started and finished on Cholomeyed itself, unlike a Torah. So Rabbi Huda permits this to be done on Cholomeyed. And lastly, It is permitted for one to spin the wool, which he's going to use for the Techeyles, the blue strings for his Tzitzis. He can spin the wool, on his thigh, meaning he can't use a regular spinning machine. However, if he does it with a shinui, with a difference, he does it in an irregular manner, so then it can be done on Cholomoyed, since it's the Tzorch mitzvah. it's for the sake of a mitzvah. We are more lenient, especially if he does it with a difference, and so he is showing that he is not decreasing the day of Cholomoyed. Hey, the remainder of the Masekhtah discusses the laws of avilus, of mourning over a dead person, and what happens if that coincides with a Tov or Shabbos, what are the laws of mourning in such a case? Now, the obligation of mourning applies when one of one's closest seven relatives dies. Their father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, or husband or wife. And there are three main stages of the Avellus. The first three days after the person has died and been buried, everything starts after they've been buried. So the first three days after the burial, that's the most intense mourning, that is when one is supposed to cry the most over the dead person. If somebody greets the mourner, it's forbidden for him to reply with a greeting. The halachas are the most strict during the first three days. Now the next four days, that's the remainder of the shiva, the truth is, the whole first week, including the first three days, the first week is known as the shiva. It's just that so the first three days have more strict halachas, and then the next four days are more lenient. And then after the shiva, until 30 days after the person died, or after he was buried, that is known as the shleishim. So if you like, the shleishim also sort of include the shiva within them, and the shiva includes the first three days within them. Be it as it may, for one's parents there is also a fourth stage, and that is for the remainder of the whole year, the entire year after one's parents died. They are also considered to be an ovel, a mourner, but again the laws are more lenient after the Shleishim have ended, but as it may, it's certainly forbidden to mourn on Shabbos Yom Tov. And the Mishnah tells us that a keres meso yom one who buries his dead relative three days before Yom Tov or more than three days before Yom Tov, then baklo he shiva, the decree of Rabbanon of mourning for seven days as part of the shiva process, that is cancelled from him, since it's forbidden to mourn on Yom Tov itself and he has already gone through the main part of the shiva, the first three days. So the shiva would end early and he would not need to continue the shiva for another four days after the yomtov ends. Since there's a whole yomtav in the middle where he's not mourning, so we're not going to obligate him to then continue mourning after that. But rather he would have the regular laws of the shloshim from after the Yom Tov, If his dead relative was buried at least eight days before Yom Tov, so that means that the shiva ended and the shleishim began, so then, but, like, the decree of the Shleishim is cancelled for him as well. Again, since the Shleishim is more lenient, and it's all Midyabonon anyway, so as long as he began the Shleishim, he will not need to continue that after the Yom Tov. The Pelesha Omra, because the Chachom said, as part of the whole decree of the morning, Avelis mourning is Midyabonon, in general. And as part of the whole decree of mourning, they said that Shabbos, the day of Shabbos, Ayla, that counts towards the days of the Shiva and the Shaleishim, it's only one day, it's part of the week. And so it is considered to be part of the shiva and the shleishim. And in fact, because of this, there are certain laws of mourning which apply even on Shabbos. For example, it's forbidden to have marital relations on Shabbos. The Ein Mavsekkes, and it does not interrupt the shiva or the shleishim. It doesn't cancel any of those days for the mourner. On the other hand, Regolim, a Yomte of they can interrupt and cancel the continuation of the shiva or the shleishim. The Einon Olin, and they never count towards it meaning even in a case where, let's say, the person died two days before Yom Tov, and so the mourner would be obligated to continue the last five days of the Shiva after Yom Tov, the days of Yom Tov itself do not count towards those days, because it submits to rejoice on Yom Tov, and so certainly it is forbidden to mourn, on Yom Tov. Mission involved. Ribilezru says, Rubilazer is of the opinion that the reason why Yom Tov does not have the same status as Shabbos, we don't say that one should be a mourner over Yom Tov with some leniencies. Just like on Shabbos, only certain prohibitions of mourning apply. The reason why we don't say that on Yom Tov is because Pesach and Sukkot are at least a week long. And that's the entire duration of the Shiva. So if somebody were to die just before Yom Tov. That would mean that the entire shiva would be through Yontav. But that would mean that they would never actually mourn over the dead body fully. Because the Yontov would mean that the mourning would be on a more lenient level. They would be able to have somewhat a... Joyous time, and it would come out at the internet that they wouldn't actually have mourned over the dead body appropriately, and therefore the Chacham said that the Yom Tov should interrupt, and they would have to continue after the Yom Tov. Now, according to this, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are only one or two days, have the same status as the Shabbos, and that indeed is the opinion of Rambam. Now, when it comes to Shavuos, which is only one day in Eretz Israel or two days outside of Eretz Israel, I would have thought it should be like Shabbos. However, when the Beit Hamikdash stood, and there was an obligation on everybody to come up to the Beit Hamikdash for the Sholish Regalim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, and one had to bring a particular korban upon appearing at the Beit Hamikdash for the Tov, And that korban could be brought up to seven days after Shavuos, which meant that although the Tov itself was only one day for an entire week after that, it is still considered to be a, a days of joy, and therefore it shared the same status as Pesach and Sukkos with regards to mourning. However, Mishachar Beis Hamikdosh, once the Beis Hamikdosh was destroyed, so now the entire joy of the Yom of, of, of Shavuos is primarily limited to the day of Shavuos itself. Which means that Atzeres HaShabbos, Atzeres Shavuos now has the same status as Shabbos; that it counts as one of the days of the Shiva, and it does not cancel it at all. Rabbi Gamliel, like Rabbi Gamliel says, that all of the Yom are the same. Even Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have the same status as the Yom Tov, that they do interrupt or cancel the Shiva, and do not count towards it. If there are less than three days before then, then it does not count as part of the Shiva. Since all of the Yom Tovim are compared to each other in the Pesukim, they are all known as Mo'adei HaShem, and therefore they all have the same status. and a middle opinion, like the but like the Not like the words of Rabbi liezer and not like the words of Rabbi Gamliel. El, or rather, at Karagolim. Shavuos has the same status as the other Yom Tovim, Pesach and Sukkot. We don't say that once the Vesamitish was destroyed, the halacha changed. Even nowadays, Tachanun is not said for the entire week after Shavuos, because there, there is somewhat a joy still present for that entire week. But Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are like Shabbos, since they are always just one or two days. And if they would count towards the shiva and certainly the shalashim, and if the person died three or eight days before Shab, before Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, that would not cancel those periods of mourning. Mishnah Zion. There is a big debate as to whether the following Mishnah is referring only to cholamayid or to all year round. We are going to understand that it's only referring to Cholomoyed. However, there are many Rishonim who learn this is referring to all year round, and that on Cholomoyed, the halachas might be more strict. But being as it may, the Mishnah says that in Quran it is forbidden to tear one's clothes in mourning over a dead person. The one can also not tear his clothes where his shoulder is, I was a custom as they were taking the coffin to be buried. For those who were carrying it or walking in front of the coffin, to tear their clothes by the shoulder, they maverin. Mavrin, and when we not eat part of the mourner's first meal which is served to them, the halach is the first meal which the seven closest relatives of the dead person eat after the burial, that is given to them by somebody else. Somebody else prepares the food and provides it for the mourners. It's part of the mourning process in the times of the Mishnah. This was done in public in the street when they were coming back from the burial. And the Mishnah says that all of these expressions of Aveilus, of mourning, it's forbidden to do that on Cholomoyed. Except for the seven closest relatives of the person who died. For them it's an obligation, and so if they buried the dead person on Cholomoyed, then the seven closest relatives do do these things, however nobody else is permitted to do so. And since Cholomoyed is considered to be a day of joy, so even the immediate laws of mourning which do apply on Cholomoyed, they are changed slightly. In general, this first meal could not be eaten on regular chairs or couches, Rather, the couches had to be overturned, and the mourner would sit on the couch turned over so as not to be comfortable as he eats this first meal, just like he would do so for the rest of the shiva. So the Mishnah says that on Cholomoyed, theyim avenel al-mito On Cholomoyed, this first meal is eaten on a couch which is upright, and it hasn't been turned over, because again, it's Cholomoyed. Alright, continues the Mishnah, and this really applies throughout the year, the point of the mission is to say that even on Cholomoyed, a Melech and one is not allowed to bring the food for this meal to the House of Mourning. There's a certain very beautiful tray, perhaps made out of glass or gold even. Not some sort of silver bowl. Not in an exquisite Basket El rather only in simple baskets, which are woven with simple material. Only that can be used to bring this meal to the mourners. Then Om we do not say the Brocha where we comfort the mourners. This was the custom after the burial. Everybody would come up to the mourners and make a particular Bracha. So this is not done on Chalamoyed. This is one of the laws of mourning which are relaxed because of the joy of their moyed Al Omni Bashura. However, they do continue with the practice of everybody present standing in rows and walking past the mourners after the burial, Umanachmin and comforting them. So they do go over to the mourners after the burial to wish them words of comfort. However, although in general, at this point, they would make the bracha as well, on harabim, the mourners would, so to speak, free the public and tell them, thank you very much, now you can go, because the bracha is not said on Cholomoyed.